Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hold on. Here's another scenario. So... They get to the ER and the doctor says, listen, he may have had brain trauma or there was some head trauma. We want to operate on his ankle or we want to operate. <laughs> we want to take out his head. I cannot engage in this conversation. We don't know what Let's he has. Let's not do the brain. Let's focus on the ankle, right? He's not a <laughs> soccer player. He's a lawyer. This is a 79-year-old lawyer. Yeah. And the wife goes, no, 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 not, not the brain. to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills Edition. Another great episode, you guys. I really enjoyed it. Uh, let's just talk about it now. Let's just get into it. Uh, gosh, you guys, I I can't believe that we're starting off yet another episode with so much drama. Can you imagine that Dorit is about to plan a dinner for upwards of 15 people, and on the day of the event... It might rain. Ugh. Mm. I can't believe that we didn't end on a to be continued for that one. Um, she says that even though she's like a virgin in the bridal business, she's an expert in throwing a party. And the examples that she gives us of this expertise are just like her tarp work. It's, you know, I'm going to toss up a tarp in the corner of my old house and make it fall and here comes boy George and the culture club or I'm going to have a party to launch my Beverly Beach bikini line and oh here's a tarp and behind it were some mid-range bikinis um great she really knows her shit Ina shaking Martha Stewart found dead um she's really trying to sell us on the like there's like just like an ingenuity or genius that comes from transporting her friends to a wedding by having a sit-down dinner you know the thing that 90 percent of weddings do is they eat and i guess this is something that doesn't happen in any other occasion except for weddings um (laughs) girl i mean i guess listen i understand that you have a brand to hawk and we're all have to you know part of being on this journey of the housewives is that we are going to have to listen to this but just like say it like you don't have we don't all have to have our storylines being like the perils of how you make a party and how you have a sit-down dinner you hire somebody 
Step one, put money into the situation. Step two, pick some colors out. Gosh, what are we going to do? White? Okay. And then you're done. Okay. (laughs) That's it. Anyway. Um, also why, like, I know why, but could she have at least given us like a couple of people who were not married, people who had not been married since the nineties and therefore don't have any need for a wedding dress to the party? I mean, that seems like maybe something that we buyers, are there buyers there? Um, a Sutton going to carry it in her line. I'm, you know, I, I'm not sure. I'm just a little bit confused um, as to the process of that. She didn't seem to have an explanation as to why, other than the show, she would only invite people who are not ever going to have any need for these dresses. But okay. So our next scene, we have Kyle and Lisa and Erica. They go over to Kathy's house for facials and we meet Sue, who was another one of uh, the dogs that Kathy hoards in her home. She claims that she can speak to uh, Sue and they talk about things like, how, how are you doing? How's your day? Are you hungry? Um, for some reason, part of the communication that they have is Kathy being spread eagle on the floor. I'm not really sure if that's like a sniffing thing. I, you know, I work in the animal industry. Maybe Kathy could teach me a thing or two. Haven't seen that. Not sure. Um, speaking of which... This has like, this is just really dog dog talk, um, dog talk with Cara Berry. Did you guys hear that? Um, one of the dogs trained by Caesar Milan or maybe previously owned by Caesar attacked and killed one of Queen Latifah's dogs. And then he tried to keep it under wraps because obviously he doesn't want to have that reputation of having like bad dogs that kill people, kill other people's dogs. And I think this just happened recently. Real, real drama happening, you guys. Real drama. Um. Anyway, back to Kathy's house. Kathy and Lisa sit down to do like their old lady makeovers, right? It's basically like, we're going to put the thickest mask, the one that's just like oozing with goo. The lady said that she had um blessed them or whatever you do to put Reiki in the mask. I don't, do you have to take the mask out of the packaging? Can you do it while it's still in the packaging? Because you don't want that stuff to dry up while you're waiting for these people. I'm just confused. Um, but anyway, the old lady makeover was, you know, you put them on your hands. So we all know that the age shows you can do, you can plump yourself full of all the botulinum toxins that you want. But you know, the neck and the face, or excuse me, the neck and the hands always tell your secret, Kyle. Um, so they were doing the Reiki face masks, the Reiki hand masks, the Reiki neck, the Reiki lip masks. And Lisa tries to, again, like force us into her Lisa Rinna's comedy hour and talk about how like, oh, I put the mask, the face, the lip mask went on my lips. Oh, I, I was muzzled. Oh, maybe I should be muzzled more. <laughs> Whatever. Um, Anyway, Kyle and Erica are sitting down and Kyle mentions how she's like, you know, since, Gar- or, you know, this uh, party at Garcelle's like, how are things going between you and Sutton? Bitch. <laughs> you orchestrated this whole thing. You know how things were going on. Why don't you go look in your bag of tricks in your in your little diary and and go to your display and say, how do you think it's working? Mission accomplished, Kyle. It's going really poorly and they're not friends. Erica doesn't want to fuck with Sutton. She doesn't want to speak to her again. That's it. You won, girl. How is things going, bitch? <laughs> Tripping. Anyway, um, Erica says, like I said, the doors close. They're not working through anything because she has a lot going on with her life. And then she takes a second, not as long as the second that she took at Garcelle's house, um, or excuse me, at Kathy's house, but a a beat, I would give her a couple beats. And then she says, (sighs) and then she says, Tom's house was broken into and he confronted the burglar and the burglar had, and then he had to go have eye surgery. And then my son went to go help him. And then the son rolled his car five times on the way. So yeah, I'm under a lot of stress. Kyle obviously is confused. She's like, what? Hold on. Run that shit back. What happened? Back it up, sister soldier. And Erica says, when did the or Kyle's like when the hell did this happen let's 
start from here. And Erica says that it happened on a Saturday, which was before Garcelle's party, meaning she went to that party with the full knowledge of um, Tom having somebody break in, getting into some sort of fisticuffs, having to go to surgery. Other Tom, I think her son is also named Tom or whatever, cop son comes to the house and then he too takes a tumble. Tommy's Tommy took a tumble and now other cop copy Tommy is also taken one. At this point, Erica needs to be concerned that she might be in some sort of final destination situation. Things are going to come for her. I would just be like, don't, I'm going to take the Range Rover back to the dealership and y'all can catch me in these streets on a golf cart or a tricycle or like one of those motorized you know, little Range Rovers. Um, I'm sure Porsche has one that, you know, go over to Chris, Chris Jenner's house. She's got all sorts of electronic cars or motorized cars for all her little grandkids. What the hell? What the hell? Now, I did my Googles because I know a lot of people had questions about, okay, if Tom's house is in Pasadena and Kyle asks this, where the fuck was it snowing in California that he would have been on such a treacherous road that this, uh, his car was able to flip five times. Also, is he okay? <laughs> Question mark. Um, but I did my Googles and I did see a report. So first of all, step one figure out when this happened, right? What exact date was this? So page six reported that the incident happened on January 22nd. I believe this to be a Friday. Okay. So then I looked where the fuck in California did it snow in, in, um, where did, where in California did snow on the 22nd, right? So there was an article from ABC news that said that from January 22nd, that there was a snowfall, treacherous uh, road situation in Southern California and then heading wherever it went from there. So, to be fair, <laughs> there was a dangerous weather situation happening. Um, it did specifically state that it was going to be reaching up in Southern California, but also like north the Northern... Well, you know, no more north than Pasadena. So I think that there could be some truth to the situation. Well, I think there could be some truth to the weather situation beyond all of this other shit. I'm not really sure. But um, the information about Tom getting burglarized was reported in law360.com, which sounds like it wouldn't be a reputable source, but I think actually might be. So anyway, in a confessional, Kyle says that there seems to be a pattern with Erica where things will happen to her and then they don't find out until later. And, and then they find out that there was some big, huge situation happening in her life, like in Tahoe. And we get the flashbacks of Erica waxing so romantic and lovingly and speaking about Tom and how much she loves him. And the reason why she loves him is because he gives her the space to be herself and then everybody FaceTiming each other five days later being like, uh, did you have any idea that Erica was filing for divorce and left Tom? Because I didn't. <laughs> and everybody had to say, no, I had no idea either. And that I believe to be the last time that Kyle and Lisa and Dorit were left in the dark with regard to Erica's situation. That's really apropos of nothing. That's just my own opinion. Um, so, then Kyle says that when Erica withholds information, it makes it hard for her to support her. So then Erica goes on to say that she got a call from three at three o'clock from the Pasadena Police Department, but she didn't see that call until like six or six thirty that Tom's house had been broken into. So from that point, she says that he confronted the burglar. He had to go to the hospital and have some sort of surgery, but now she doesn't know anything from there. The details are murky. So. Kyle is like, okay, well, why the hell did he have to have surgery? And Erica says something about him having glaucoma and the pressure and the anxiety. But again, she's not sure. So from there, she says, I can't talk to Tom. So my son came down to check on him. Um, and then when he was on his way home, he rolled the car five times on an icy road. So this again is another moment where Erica is playing both smart and stupid at the same time. 
And in a confessional, Kyle's like, I have a lot of questions. Like, yeah, girl, me too. Um, like, so if Tom was burglarized, how did you find out? Tom confronted the burglars. Did they do anything to him? What happened to your son? Was he hurt? Because his car flipped multiple times. Like, is he okay? Then Kyle says, the story obviously sounds unbelievable. Like, that's the only word I can think of. Like, it sounds unbelievable. Does it mean I don't believe her? No. But it is unbelievable. (laughs) And Kyle, you can't play supportive friend and person who's questioning the situation at the same time. Which is why Erica's not fucking with you now. (laughs) Which personally is funny to me. Um, I was wondering something and I got my answer. So I s- hope that, I don't hope. What what am I saying? <laughs> I'm assuming that other people had this question too. Which is that we all knew that the ladies filmed the reunion last Friday, I believe. Um, and so people were wondering, myself included, was wondering if... Erica would have known about this episode <laughs> prior to filming the, the reunion. And apparently all the housewives get uh, screeners for the rest of the episodes before that. So they know everything that's going to be shown on the reunion or in, for the rest of the season by the time they get to the reunion. Um, I, I just like, I can't Erica says that her son is Okay. And when Tom got out of the surgery, he was fine too. Kyle says, gosh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Cause like, what, what the hell else are you going to say? <laughs> um, so our next thing we have Garcelle, she has her dating coach come over. We saw them just a little bit earlier in the season and they're just going to be talking about like really more of what she's looking for. Garcelle says that since she got a divorce, she has had a hard time trusting and that she feels that Trust is the most important in a relationship. So it's been difficult for her to date because she hasn't been able to really put her guard down in that way. Um, So they start to sit down and fill out or attempt to fill out more of uh, Garcelle's Bumble profile. But then the lady says, well, I have a matchmaker and she thinks that she may have found somebody for you. So do you want to see a picture of him? So... And she's like, yeah. So they get on a FaceTime and she's like, yeah, he's, you know, his name is Keith. He's this 49 year old boxer, kickboxer. He doesn't have kids, blah, blah, blah. Here's a picture of Keith. Hello. Ring, ring. Hello. Hi. Hi, Keith. Hi, Keith's abs. Hi, Keith's trapezoids or whatever. That's not a muscle. That's a shape. Um, hi to your forearms. Hi to, uh, what I'm assuming is a very nice and well sculpted back. Um, hello, Keith. Hi, my name's Kara. If you're looking for somebody who is, uh, you know, just a bit younger, but not too much younger. I'm, I'm here with an open, with open arms and open legs and an open mouth. Um, Keith looks like... Almost like Teresa's new boyfriend, but like significantly hotter. And also he looks to be taller. (laughs) Um, Garcelle says she like just starts laughing immediately when she sees this picture. And the, the, the sort of laugh that's like, oh man, if I was to get into her room with this man, it would, it would be a problem. Um, And she says, as soon as I saw that picture of Keith, all I hear is my bed springs making noise and... That's just one of the many ways and reasons why I love our girl. Then we have Kyle going over to Crystal's house and Crystal shows her the remodel that they're going to be doing on their basement. Um, Kyle is attempting to act like she is just shocked at the fact that they're spending so much money on this remodel and, oh, you can't do that. Oh, oh, oh my God. They're just absolutely scandalized at the thought of spending money frivolously. Kyle, do you think that we've forgotten that you spent like a good portion of one of a few seasons ago talking about this like tiny vehicle that you got just to tool around in like a $40,000 go-kart basically (laughs) so she tried to go to gelson's in and couldn't fit her her groceries and portia in at the same time so yeah um i'm gonna be with crystal a little bit 
a little bit on the fact that like, yeah, I don't really like to spend money, but if I'm going to spend the big bucks, I'm going to spend it on things that are going to be like an investment. And then she veers very left for me and my tax bracket and talks about how, you know, like, for example, her Hermes $95,000 bag that Kyle was could not take her eyes off of a few episodes ago. Um, that is only going to appreciate in value. And so she has no problem spending that kind of money. She says that she's frugal, just like her father, but that Rob likes to be like, if I'm going to earn it, I'm going to spend it. He's got that mentality, and which, you know, he has a right to because... Uh, technically it's his money, but, um, yeah, I just, yeah, whatever. I mean, she says at some point, like if, if that's what frugal is and put my name in the dictionary and I'm like, girl, <laughs> it, yeah, if I, if $95,000 on a purse is a frugal move because you know, it's going to make you probably like $120 down the road, then yeah, I would probably like to be in the dictionary for frugal too. Frugal, get out of here. <laughs> So they sit down and ugh, I like really, ugh, I really, this really rubbed me the wrong way. And it just is becoming more and more apparent that A, Crystal and Sutton don't fuck with each other. And that is perfectly fine to me. And I don't even mind like a little bit of bitchery because you don't fuck with her. Just a little bit of ribbing, a little bit of, you know, snide remarks. I'm fine with that because she really like, Sutton really messed up on that. And Crystal was absolutely in the right. However, I think that Garcelle might be a casualty to Crystal's beef with Sutton and I don't like that. I don't like it at all. So did they start talking about Garcelle and and Garcelle saying that she felt left out and Crystal tells Kyle that she feels like the reason Garcelle feels left out from the group, she doesn't feel that way, but she thinks the reason why Garcelle feels that way is because maybe growing up, she didn't have any friends. And because of that, you know, maybe she only has a few friends now. And if you're her friend, you're like her best friend, which sound makes it sound so desperate. Like it frames it to where she feels like Garcelle has felt left out growing up or didn't, you know, wasn't treated well or whatever. And so like the friends that Garcelle does have, she holds on to really tightly. And if you don't have a relationship like that, where she feels like you guys are best friends and she feels left out, which I would thought was complete bullshit, complete conjecture. And for somebody who Crystal, who like was very open about how she felt left out because of her race and growing up around a bunch of white people and how isolated she felt felt I thought she would have a little bit more or any at all compassion for that or insight insight might be the better word like you would think that on some level she would have been like oh maybe that's why she feels the way she does but to be like oh I don't feel that way Kind of, like, first of all, nobody asked if you felt that way. Like, why? You're not part of this conversation. So to be like, oh, well, Kyle, I don't feel like you guys leave me out. Then it's just, it feels like a, like a way to deny Garcelle's feelings like the other women have been doing or to deny that, like, her reality and her perspective on the matter, which I just, I, I, it, I didn't like that and it rubbed me the wrong way. I, I really didn't like it. Um, what I did like, however was this next scene. PK is the motherfucking G-O-A-T. Let's just call him PK Goat. Um, iconic. This is the first time that I can remember actually, like, I've laughed at this show at Beverly Hills, but I have not, like, had a belly laugh, like a, oh my god, we're all kikiing and laughing together like I do on Atlanta or Potomac. I don't think this has ever happened with this franchise, so shout out to you, PK, because... You did that shit. So Kyle and Mauricio have PK and Dorit over for dinner. And it's a typical night over at the Richard Zumanski house. And by that, I mean, Kyle's making salmon again and burning it. Um, 
some dog is behaving poorly, something has spilled on the ground, and Mauricio is just, like, high as fuck and doesn't know what's going on. Um, and also hasn't changed his clothes yet. So, <laughs> they come on the, they, they arrive, and, um, the husbands start talking, and Dorit and Kyle are kind of getting food together, and Kyle's like, Dorit, I gotta tell you something. I hung out with Erica the other day, and she then proceeds to tell her about, like, you know, she said something about Tom, somebody breaking into Tom's house and how Tom confronted the intruder and something happened and Tom ended up in the hospital. And Dorit's like, what? <laughs> and Kyle's like, no, 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 it gets crazier. And then she starts talking about the rolling of the car with the sun. Dorit, of course, is like, whoa, what? <laughs> over and over. So then they all sit down for dinner. PK asks for mayonnaise for his salmon, and in a confessional, Kyle's like, what do you think this is? This isn't like Morton's. Um, and then she does this, like, impression of a British person, like, blimey, PK, sorry, we don't have tartar sauce for it. Clearly, I'm not doing the right accent, but Kyle, it was like she channeled Lisa Vanderpump, like, down to the little facial features, the accent, I hope you guys picked up picked up on that. Like just everything she did, it was like she was embodying Lisa Vanderpump, <laughs> which is kind of embarrassing. Um, so then, like I said, they're all sitting down, and Dorit's like, Kyle just told me the story in the kitchen. She tells a story about uh, Tom break, having this break in situation. PK's first question is, how would Erica have known that? So then Dorit is like, no, wait, it gets crazier. And they talk about the, the icy roads and the car flipping. And Mauricio's like, what? Poor girl, poor kid. Wait, what are you guys talking about? Is this real or fake? <laughs> he is so high at this point. Here's my thing. Are we to believe that Kyle did not tell Mauricio any of this, that she didn't tell him about the first story where Tom took a tumble behind the house or this current story. You don't keep a story like that from your husband. I know that to be true. So this felt, this whole scene felt like equal parts orchestrated by the wives to have their husbands called, into question this shit on camera so that they didn't have to do it. But also, like, I'm fine with that because somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to do it. So Marisa was confused about whether this is a fake story or not. And Kyle's like, no, honey, this is for real. Erica told us. So then PK says to Mauricio, I don't know if you know the story about the other car. And then Dorit tells a story that Erica told them in La Quinta about Tommy taking a tumble. But then we find out that last week at Kathy's house, that Erica added an additional addendum to the story and is talking about how Tom went to the ER after the first car accident. And that Erica told the doctors that she didn't want them to do surgery on him because she was concerned about how long he had been unconscious in that car or outside of the car or with his mistress or who's the same on the cliff, off the cliff. I don't know. So PK is like, listen, I'm not a status, statistician, 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 <laughs> which Dorit tried to correct him. And I, I think it is statistician. But she said statistician. Anyway, um, the odds of a husband and a stepson getting into a very similar crash, it feels like an, a million to one odds. And so Dorit says, so what you're suggesting then is that Erica's not telling the truth. And PK says, no, what I'm suggesting is that she's been, been in a controlling relationship or marriage for 20 years and that she's still being controlled. I think the Tom lied to Erica, and Erica went along with it. There's no car rolling. There's no 12 hours unconscious. To me, it's transparent. And then Mauricio says, let me tell you something. There's lies all over the place. And then Kyle's like, oh, oh, no. You've said it now. 
now and I've never thought about this. I've never considered this because I've never had this conversation about this with you, my husband. This is all shocking information that you find this story to be bullshit. Wow. Oh, oh no. <laughs> so, then Mauricio says, you know, if the doctor comes to you and says your husband's been hurt, he's been rolled over, he's unconscious and we need to operate, who says no? Thank you, Mauricio. Thank you. In a confessional, Kyle says, hearing my husband and PK's reaction, it's making me question myself. You know, it's a lot more difficult when you're so close to the situation and you know Erica as well. And Dorit and I know Erica. <laughs> Do you know Erica? Do you? Because there are a lot of things that she herself has not told you. And a lot of things, a lot of information that she has chosen to um, drop on you on certain times that are most uh, convenient and advantageous for her. Um, I kind of feel like if my girlfriend was talking about how great her husband was and then five days later filed for divorce and moved out of the house, I'd be like, hmm. I feel like maybe I don't know this person and, you know, I feel like there are things going on. So I don't know what she's act. This is wild. You're acting like uh, PK and Mauricio calling into question Erica's things was the only time that you've questioned it. Okay. 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 Um, so Dorit says, Erica's the one who's telling us a story. She's the one who found him. And I respect your opinion. But the story's bonkers. There are details missing. But I don't f believe for one second that Erica is lying. Okay. <laughs> In a confessional, Dorit says, You know, it's just such a difficult story. It's, it's so difficult to wrap your head around. Why, why would she make that up? <laughs> Gee, I don't know, Dorit. Why would she make that up? I don't know. Why don't any of you guys read this LA Times article that you claimed that was too long for you guys to get through, and then maybe we'll find some answers to why Erica's making things up, and why these stories sound so unbelievable. Maybe because they are. Because they are. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Then the conversation shifts a little bit to PK's opinion on Erica's social media presence. And Mauricio's like, yeah, Kyle showed me some of those pictures. I agree. It's not a good look. So PK says that he thinks that Erica could make the comeback of all comebacks. But in order for her to do that, she's got to release herself from Tom because at this point he's got no credibility. Um, I fully, well, do I think she could make the comeback of all comebacks? No. Do I think she could make a decent comeback with her followers? 
100%. Or people who are on the fence? Yes. Obviously, I agree with him in the time frame which he's speaking about this. At this point, I think her credibility is all gone too, given her social media presence, which unfortunately I'm going to have to get into at the end of this recap. But, um, yeah. Mm. <laughs> so, then Dorit tries to posit maybe another situation, or another theory on the surgery situation. And she says, you know, maybe when they got to the hospital, the doctor told Erica she, you know, she, Dorit kind of like hints towards maybe Erica made, had to make a choice between his brain or his ankle <laughs> in terms of getting surgery. PK and Mauricio start busting out laughing immediately. And PK is like, I, I can't engage in this conversation. But then what does he do? He engages in the best possible way. <laughs> he says... So, she said, let's just not do the brain and let's just focus on the ankle. <laughs> and then everybody just starts laughing. The PK says, he's not a fucking soccer player. He's a lawyer. This is a 79-year-old lawyer. And the wife goes, what? No, no, no. Not on the brain. Do the fucking ankle. <laughs> Iconic. Absolutely hilarious. I literally cried laughing at that i i had to watch it over again so many times and i laughed every time so fucking funny he's absolutely right like mauricio and pk you guys tag team the fuck out of this why would anybody say no to a surgery when the doctor is recommending it and why <laughs> would she be more intent on having his ankle saved and not his brain, the one that he needs for literally everything, including his own career. <laughs> uh, I loved it. So maybe we talk about this one tweet right now. So Erica, you know, hopped on Twitter as she's wont to do and she uh, pops off and, you know, she gets on and live tweets and says these like extremely weird things. And um, I'm assuming Michael... Uh, Rappaport retweets her, but I wouldn't know because I've done my self-care by blocking Michael Rappaport. So, um, with that being said, somebody, uh, tweeted, um, at JudeK17, you can find, <laughs> and their profile picture is a, an unfortunate picture of Kyle from, I'm assuming in the 80s, um, and it's just screenshots of Mauricio, Kyle, and PK and Dorit just busting out laughing. And the tweet says, Team Erica, but only to her face. And then Erica quote tweeted this and said, Felt great watching this. Smiley, or not smiley, like sad face emoji. Girl. <laughs> First of all. First of all, like, you want us to what feel bad for you because people got some jokes off on your whack-ass, weird, wild adventure of a story? This story is like the Animorphs of stories. Like, it starts off with a car and it ends with whatever the hell this is, extorting the hell out of people and, and defrauding people. It's... <laughs> Like, she really should have just shut her ass up on that one because people really got their licks in, they got their jokes in. Like, w it's funny. That's funny. And it's more embarrassing that you just, like, can't take the L on that, frankly. If I sat down and watched my coworkers and friends, and I'm putting friends in quotes like Sutton did, um, on national TV with their husbands joking about how stupid my story sounded... I would have deleted my account and you would have never heard from me again because they were right. <laughs> that would have been so embarrassing, girl. But anyway, okay. Do the fucking ankle. Um, our next scene, we have Dorit having her bridal party, whatever the fuck, dress party, who cares. Erica shows up. Everybody had a lot of look. Everybody had a lot of look. Of course, Dorit was wearing the woman, a dress from her line. Um... Lisa was giving us like an olive moment and she's doing that thing where she names her wigs and we're supposed to like think it's cute that they have personalities or names or whatever. Like nobody cares that you're like 40 inch bundle 
ponytail is named Valeria. I'm sorry. Um, she could have looked... I, the hair was bad. The hair was bad. Um, the outfit, I loved. I loved the outfit. The execution of the hair was poor. I will say that. Um, Kyle was dressed up like Morticia Adams' sister. Um, Kathy looked like a disco ball. Garcelle was everything. Ugh, that all yellow look with the feather and the the feather jacket and the and the the gold uh, bobby pins. Ugh, ugh, loved it. Um, it, Erica showed up with like a sample extension. Do you guys know what I mean? Like, if you go to the beauty supply store or and you're looking for like manic panic dye or whatever they'll give you the swatches of what the colors look like on hair and then if you go to like the braiding section like sometimes you know they'll give you samples because so you can see how good the quality hair what it feels like if it feels like a natural hair like human hair and they have it on these like rings and that's what it looked like it looked like a sample extension and you know I'm not even gonna roast her on that because you know that's like her tax bracket now like that's that's what she can afford. And I'm appreciating her at least showing up as the poor little rich girl, showing up in, in a more um, attainable um, look. Anybody can do that. Anybody can do that. So I, I appreciated that. To the surprise of certainly not me, probably not anybody, Jarit had the models behind a, a bunch of tarp that dropped to reveal the dresses. Wow. Wow. Phoenix... Her daughter made her debut as, like, a model slash flower girl. Seemed like they gave Phoenix exactly eight petals because they're like, this, listen, it's in our house and I don't want to uh, have to pick these up later. So just give her, like, eight petals. She can distribute them at her leisure and nobody's even going to notice because she looks very cute. So dresses, dresses, Pearl, the lady, and the mermaid, whatever the fuck. Great. Love you. Congrats. Um, everybody sits down for dinner, and PK and Kyle are sitting together. And Kyle, PK says, are you going to share any of our jokes with Erica? And Kyle's like, go ahead. Like, do you feel guilty? And I was like, well, no. Do you feel guilty? <laughs> so PK says, no, I don't feel guilty because I never said anything bad. I just gave her advice. <laughs> And Kyle starts laughing. Harry arrives. Harry Hamlin is here to save the day or something. And he, you know, they act like he's a very special guest. And and I guess he is because he's literally never there. But, like, I love Harry Hamlin, I guess. <laughs> Do I? I mean, he seems fine. I don't think I've ever seen Harry Hamlin in anything. So he doesn't have, like, the prestige that everybody befalls on him. Um, but I get it. Like, I know that he was a big actor. I just personally don't think I've seen him in anything. Anyway, he sits down next to Erica and starts talking about, like, asking her how she's doing and talking about how, I don't know, vicissitudes and how life, it's how you handle life. Okay, great. I Great. Thank you for coming, Harry. Then he starts talking about how he's about to leave because he's going to be doing a, a Ridley Scott project in which he's going to be portraying Tom Brokaw. And he does a pretty good impression of him that Kyle, oh, wow, I've never seen her more impressed <laughs> by that impression. Um, Erica, or excuse me, not Erica, Lisa tries to do some, I don't, I don't care. I don't care about how, like, oh, I relied on Harry during the pandemic so much more. And, you know, we're used to being away from each other. But I think it's just going to be harder this time. He's probably excited to leave. Like, yeah, he probably is. Right? Finally, he can get some pruning done around his garden without you um, wiggling it to blurred lines in front of Instagram. Yeah, I'm sure he's really happy. Anyway. Um, after, the hus after the dinner, the husbands and wives separate. And Kyle... Tells all the ladies about a, a very funny story about how, uh, you know, this was around the time that the Bernie Sanders sitting with the mask on meme was going around. And she tells us that Kathy sent her that picture and asked if he was the new elf on the shelf. <laughs> so there you have it here first. Kathy had no idea who Bernie Sanders was until, <laughs> until the inauguration. Wow, okay. She even says that she thought that he was Colonel Sanders, the guy from Kentucky Fried Chicken. Now, 
That was giving a little bit of like who is hunky dory. Like you're laying out on on a little too thick, Kathy. But I do believe that there is a world in which Kathy would have no idea what Bernie Sanders looked like, despite him being in the forefront of American politics for several years now. I I do think that's true. Then Kyle decides to turn to Garcelle and talking about how you know. Uh, yeah, uh, Bernie Sanders has everybody up in arms, but you, Garcelle, also do because of your comment that you made earlier. Garcelle's like, what the fuck are you talking about? So apparently Garcelle had gone on um, Ellen, um, Mario Lopez was hosting. Gosh, this is like, <laughs> how many Mario Lopez references could be happening in pop culture this week between Lula Rich and him doing a, a guest host gig on, on Ellen? People are just roasting his career left and right. Poor thing. Anyway. Um, so apparently Garcelle came on the show. He asked about how things were going, how filming was going. And she said, uh, they're coming for me. Let me just say that. They're coming for me, but I'm ready. Ooh, scary. So Dorit is like, well, why would you say that? And Garcelle says, well, you came for me the other night. At least his lip party. In a confessional, Garcelle says, she did that interview right after the lip party, lipstick party, and that she was heated. She, and I've, she could have said a lot worse, considering, <laughs> and knowing that that was a situation that she came off of right uh, before doing the interview with Mario. You know, she she could have gone worse. She could have gone harder. So then, you know... Doree was like, well, you were actually coming for me. What? At the party? When you made a whole big to-do about how she had upset you by calling you out on your bullshit to your face in the moment? Okay. Um, so, <sighs> Garcelle says, I said little things to you, Doree, and you were right there when I said them. And Doree's like, no, 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 no. No, nope, didn't happen. Just like a complete denial of the situation, even though we have footage of every single moment <laughs> that she was citing as Garcelle being mean or coming for her, as her doing exactly what she needed to do and exactly what Gar what Dorit is begging her to do, which is to be transparent at the time. Apparently this is not enough for Dorit and in a confessional, she says that her real issue is that Garcelle needs to be more direct and that if she has a problem, she really needs to say it. But if she doesn't, um, excuse me, but like to not just come up with things, um, just to be provocative because you think it makes you more interesting. Excuse me? Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com So you're suggesting, you're not even suggesting, you're flat out implying that Garcelle is coming for you in a way, for you, in a way to seem more provocative and, and more interesting. What about Garcelle would give you any indication that she feels lesser than and needs to be more interesting by starting shit with you? with you okay okay if this is not like the louis vuitton monogram pot meeting kettle i don't know what is like it's so 
ass backwards that you almost have to laugh. So Garcelle is like, am I allowed to have an opinion in this group? And Dorit and Kyra are like, yeah, of course you are. <laughs> okay, let me finish. But Garcelle says, my opinion only seems to work with you guys when it satisfies you. Because if it goes against how you feel, then it feels like I can't have any sort of opinion. And then Dorit says, looks right at Garcelle and says, let me tell you something. I speak four languages and that doesn't make sense in any one of them. That was like the lamest, lamest clapback I have heard since the morally corrupt Faye Resnick said, no matter how many Chanel purses you have, you own, you will never be a lady or whatever the fuck whatever she said it was just so like oh god you've been holding that in your pocket for so long and now you're bringing it out and it's like the the nature valley bar of clapbacks like you think that you're coming with some real heat and then all you get is just crumbles all over your pants it's just like just what a waste what a waste so lame and so useless. Like, I, I want to go in on how, like, this is so <laughs> macro, micro, every kind of aggression. It's such a bad look to have these women. Garcelle has said many times over that she does not feel included in this group. And then rather than having any of these women try to call her in or... I mean, I know that they have asked her and she says, I can't explain it, but the way that they just treat her like she's just like going scorched earth on all of them and they're just so confused and blah, blah, blah. Like, these are the moments that she's talking about. These are the moments where she's having defend to defend herself over actions that she has done in earnest, honestly, and in the moment. And now she's having to explain why she's or or be sorry for things that she has done that they say are not good enough even though technically she's done them in exactly this way that they're asking her to do somehow it's not okay and she's got to now explain herself and she's got to like like somehow like kiss the ring to these women and you wonder why she feels left out and you, Lisa, to sit there at the table with Erica and be like, oh, I didn't really want to get into this. Should we get up? I don't really want to get up. I, You know, I can't do it. I can't do it. Ugh. Doria asks Garcelle if she genuinely feels like people are coming for her. And she says, I felt like you came for me and I feel like nobody came to my defense except for you, Sutton, at Lisa's lipstick party. So Doria says that she doesn't think that that's true. And she doesn't feel like anybody treats Garcelle like an outsider. And Garcelle says, these are my feelings. <laughs> this is how I feel. <laughs> doesn't really matter what you think. This is what she feels. Why don't you guys look at your group chat? Is she in it? Why don't, when you guys have the instinct to all hang out with each other, do you call her? In any of these flashback scenes that we see where it's just like two girls here, two girls there, rarely do we see Garcelle. It's always Lisa, Dorit, uh, Kyle, Lisa, Dorit, Erica, Kyle and Dorit, Kyle and Lisa, Crystal's in there sometimes. There, I'm not seeing these moments where you guys are really having one-on-one -on -one moments or moments where you're hanging out and even in the little groups, it's always like a large group that you see her and then you wonder why she feels left out. If it's plain as day to me, why is it not? It is plain as day to them. They just don't want to see it because they don't want to have to admit like, yeah, we're right. We are a group. We are a little click. Like the, you know, like we do, um, you know, when you guys posted that picture of you guys wearing all the matching rings or whatever jewelry and you called yourself the Fox Four Five, I didn't see a black hand. I didn't see Garcelle's hand in that picture. It was you guys. Sutton wasn't there either. So <laughs> what's not clicking, you guys? Bullshit. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. 
Um, in a confessional, Garcelle said, they could have had my back, but nobody spoke up. And that's one of my things with Rinna is that we were supposed to be renewing our friendship, but she never stood up for me. And where is she now? Sitting down, watching this all happen. So Erica turns to Lisa and says, I think maybe you need to go over there and chop some heads off. Like, go to her defense at all. And Lisa's like, do you think? I don't think so. Not really. So in a confessional, Lisa says, you know, Garcelle got called out for being jabby and shady. And if I feel like there's an injustice going on, I will call it out. I will say something, but I don't see it here. You're a big girl. You can take it. You can take Dorit. Fuck off. Fuck off. Like the coded language of like, oh, she can handle it. She's fine. Dorit's nothing. And she's strong. She can do it. It's like, do you hear yourself? Do you honestly hear yourself? Like, Dorit has been badgering her over and over. You have a point to at least be like the middleman and say like, how can we come together? How can we bridge this? If you want everybody to be all happy and sunshine, you see her standing alone feeling like she's not being heard and she's being left out and you're like oh well she can take it okay all right well keep that same energy keep that same energy when something happens to you lisa keep it okay um so garcelle says to dorit okay do i need to be direct and dorit's like yes and she's like okay well then i'll just say like oh my god will you please shut up and Dorit acts like this is like everything that she wanted, that this was like the pinnacle of, uh, you know, I, I finally, we've got this breakthrough moment. We're finally Garcelle. You who said you do talk too much is finally being transparent and honest. Oh, let's all give three claps for Garcelle for finally getting it. Like, fuck you guys for real. I, this was so stupid. So stupid. Garcelle ends the episode perfectly by saying Dorit says that she wants the truth, but she, can she handle it? I'll be honest, but let's see how that goes. And we will see how it goes. Um, that's the end of the episode. I did want to talk about, excuse me, this article that came out. It, it was a little bit interesting. Now it came out last night, yesterday, the day of the episode, but then it was deleted very quickly, but now it's back up. People.com. The title saying, Bethany Frankel says that she heard about Erica Girardi's ex Tom's financial troubles four years ago. So she did an episode of her podcast and she said they were talking about, I guess, stars that have been like canceled or demoted over the years, housewives. So Frankel, um, she asserted that Erica has been, quote, semi-demoted due to the scandal. She first said that she hadn't been watching what's happening on Beverly Hills this season, but she claims that she has a, quote, specific pers perspective on Erica and Tom's situation due to her ex-fiance, Dennis. May he rest. Um, apparently Dennis and Tom knew each other because they both worked in the legal field and... The article goes on to say, after learning years ago that Erica was, quote, spending a crazy amount of money, including the $40 a month on Glam, Frankel, who felt that her lifestyle would be hard to sustain, brought it up to Dennis. And then she says, Dennis says to me, he doesn't have, he doesn't have it like that. He owes me money. He owes me half a million dollars. I know this other guy he owes a million and a half dollars to. He doesn't have money. He owes everybody money. And then Bethany says, she said to Dennis, what are you talking about? How is she flying around in private planes? And Dennis said, it's because he's using people's money to support her lifestyle. He's using the company's money to support her lifestyle. Dennis said this. And I said, Bethany said, what are you talking about? And Dennis was like, yeah, no, he owes me money and it aggravates everybody. And I said, why would he do that? And Dennis says, because he can't say no to her. So Frankel, Bethany said that um, Tom's issues were uh, the widely known best kept secret in the legal industry. And she goes on to say that Dennis had a conversation with an unnamed, quote, billionaire lawyer about the situation with Tom. 
So she says, when Tom, excuse me, when Dennis told the lawyer, do you know uh, Erica spends 50 grand a month on her hair and makeup? The guy was like, what? He owes everybody money. He's being sued by everybody. So it was a thing. So I knew about it. This is just what happens. Things take a long time to go out, to come out. But everybody in that industry knew about it. All these major lawyers that I'm talking around about around the country that are in this industry, they all knew about it. So this wasn't just like a Southern California, LA law thing that this was like the top lawyers all knew about him being fucked financially. And yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Very interesting. I mean, I think there had been a couple of hints, like especially on the uh, Housewife and the Hustler. Uh, that a couple people had known this. And so I guess it's not that surprising, but mm, I do think it is a very interesting anecdote. And I will, um, uh, I will give Bethany one skinny girl, um, cookie or, or granola bar or some sort of protein bar. Um, for that bit of information. So thank you, Bethany, for that and for nothing else you've done this year. Okay. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, if you're able to give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, I would greatly appreciate that. Um, if not, I'll see you next week. Bye.